Hello one, hello all, hello y'all. It's your best friend with the trash eating problem, Wolf the Dog. It is December 6th, and the time is 1 o'clock, y'all. Mmm, sounds like it's about garbage bin o'clock for your wolfy boy. Speaking of trash, earlier I took my dog, Wolf the Dog, to go find him something to fill his big old belly up with. But upon venturing outside, the sky suddenly darkened all around us for a little bit. Y'all ever seen an eclipse? It was, uh, like that, but different. It was real spooky, y'all. Wolf nearly shit his big-ass britches. Which wolf did that, you ask? I'll let y'all figure that one out. When I came back down to the studio, I found a note attached with a thumb tacked to the inside of my door. It is emblazoned with a solid green triangle and says, For Wolf, at the top. I guess it's this week's Howlin' with Wolf. It comes from user Chucklin' Boy over on the subreddit. He's an Android user but logged on to iTunes on his computer to leave a review. This boy sure knows how to make old Wolfie blush. Chucklin' Boy writes, The cowboy years introduced a turn of phrase for dealing with a shitstorm. We called it a night at the opera. You boys have taken care of few off screen, but damned if your debut isn't like the Mets' own debut, Faust. Somewhat fitting, isn't that? And remember, the mission is over when the world ends. For all of you out there listening, be sure to stop by the subreddit. We are starting to see more discussion around the greater Delta Green canon, as well as game running tips and general show stuff. See y'all there. Wolf bless you, chuckling boy. And I will take you in my arms and hold you right where you belong till the day my life is through. This I promise you. If you want to write a message for your wolf to read on air, tag us on Instagram or Twitter at PretendingPod. Or write a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and email us at PretendingPod at gmail.com. And the murder of pretending to be people wanted me to reiterate here that they are taking questions for a third Q&A episode. So, if you have any questions for any of the children who make that show, tag at PretendingPod on Twitter or Instagram. There's also a post in the subreddit where you can comment your questions. There's some good ones already in there. Or go all out. Record audio of you asking your question and send that so they can use it in the episode. Same as the second Q&A episode. This one will be for our honorary police officers over on Patreon who breathe green life into this show's lungs five bucks a month at a time. The fiscal lifeguards who hold that specific title currently have instant access to six exclusive bonus episodes, baby. Now, if you want a question answered, but you can't splurge on this here Patreon decadence, fear not. The PTBP crew will answer some of the questions they don't get to in the Q&A session right there on the interwebs. Maybe your question will be one of them. Or maybe fuck your questions. Fuck a whole lot of people, but especially Mark Zuckerberg, it's time for the news. A tall, gaunt humanoid figure where an old version of himself just stood. None of that made a lick of sense to me, but that doesn't mean I'm not hungry. Filling me up always is kudzu with no backbone.
I just won't hit it. It's pretty cool, though. It's a very fun noise. Can I just, like, <laughs> point at you and have you hit that? Yeah. Very dramatic. It's like the Law & Order SVU thing. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> Not really. Oh, that kind of was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty Luke cool. on the mic stand. <laughs> mic stand solo. Yeah, I could be in Ozark Mountain Daredevils playing this. <laughs> Let's get 30 seconds of room noise. La, 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 the room. You're tearing me apart, Lisa. The three of you wake up. Your bodies are fully in shock. Your ears are ringing. Your stomach feels full and content, but also just like wretched. At the same time, somehow it's dark. It's cold and it smells. There's some sort of, what is that? It's, it's like savory. It's in the air. There's a sweetness to it. And your eyes begin to adjust. You see there's a pool of blood on the floor and next to it is a coffin on the ground in this mausoleum. You look at each other. Blood splatter has speckled each of you. John Kevin Lee Pettimore in all black tactical gear. Keith Vigna in his brightly colored polo and boat shoes. Clark Bishop in an old contention PD uniform, currently holding a thick black cloak. As the shock begins to wear off, you feel a searing pain on your chest, on your back, on the bottom of your left foot, and inside your dominant palm. You remember everything that has happened. Well, obviously not these last like seven episodes, but everything before that you remember. <laughs> but you wake up in this spot that you've woken up in before. So you mean we remember um, the fight and everything? Yes, we remember. I remember being Planet Juggernaut. You do. Uh, I am a little disappointed to be a man again. <laughs> <laughs> like with his first actions as not a giant robot ball, like the the just like sheer mundane humanness of his own movements sends an existential depression through John Lee Pettymore <laughs> at, while at the same time like eliciting a comforting nostalgia but he's like oh fuck that was that was pretty cool like, what no. the fuck is going on are, we, we, are you, do you remember the last thing I remember is riding off on planet juggernaut uh, yeah that's what we. I wasn't imagining that. The last thing I remember is being Planet Juggernaut. You were, you were Planet Juggernaut, yeah. And what you the were there. F- and what, you were there. <laughs> what are we doing back in? Is that crawfish? I smell crawfish. It smells great, but I'm full. You're all unnaturally at full hit points and willpower. Your sanity and your luck will start where they were the last time you woke up in this tomb. And because of everything you've seen, I'll give you each 2d20 in your unnatural skill. You can roll on your unnatural skill to gain insight, but if you fail the roll, you'll lose 1d6 sanity. You'll still gain the insight. Sure. Oh, we'll still gain the insight. Yeah. Oh, wow. Cool. But you're all at such low sanity right now that losing 1d6 is a pretty hefty toll. Can we have our character sheets? You can have your character sheets now. So I'm going to hand you... (laughs) I didn't have time to do them up, but I'm going to hand you blank character sheets, and I have pictures of what your character sheets look like at this point in time. Nice. Okay. So we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Are you holding our old ones hostage? Yes. Okay. (laughs) 
only Joe I know is yes. Joe Mama. <laughs> hey, it's me. It's Clark Bishop. <laughs> shout out to Jane Terry, fan of the podcast. Big shout out, number uno fan. That's that's Joe's mom. That's Joe's mama. Who's Joe? Oh shit, we just doxed her. <laughs> and you, Joe, Joe mama. Joe, can you read the description of the new vape juice that you got? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can. Uh, it's called Mystic Magic. Ooh. It says, "Let the sorcerer tell you." <laughs> Let the sorcerer tell your future with the paranormal vapor that tastes like ripe mangoes, sweet tangerines, and fresh raspberries. Wow. You definitely just pick the one that's like going to make you the most ill, right? Like, (laughs) like, uh, this definitely has the most additives. Chock full of vitamin E. Yep. I asked for the most haunted one, and this is the one they gave me. He can also freestyle rap now. A rip, rap, rippity rap, a rip, rap, rappity do. Because he, you know, because he's so ill. Yeah, this one killed a bunch of 17 year olds. They're haunting our vape store. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dude. That would be the worst fucking ghost in the world is just a jeweling teen who died from a lung illness. And now he haunts the goddamn bathroom at at the the come and go. I just see these wisps of vapor from time to time. (laughs) Oh, yeah. You got one of the jewelers. I I think I've been hearing popcorn long. <laughs> Taylor's like, yeah, I had to I had to move my uh, classroom. There was a, a, a few ghosts in the in the, in the bathroom across the hall. Well, it's just like disaffected size and like. <sighs> mm-hmm. That was a really. Those are very very disaffected size, Thomas. You can like hear the eye roll, like. <sighs> <laughs> okay, so I need you guys to roll 2d20 2d20 It's not me, it's not me Vaping ghost <laughs> Vaping ghost, speak to us Trent, are you there? <laughs> I got a 10 and an 18 Oh shit, okay, so you get 38 in your unnatural skill Nice <laughs> Damn it I got a 16 and a 14 I got a 5 and 11 I was playing a juggernaut. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what's everybody's unnatural skill at now? Smack dab at 30. To 38. 16. Oof. Wait, I got a 10 and an 18. Would I be at 28 then? Yeah. You said 38. Yeah, 10 and 18. You said 38. You said 38. Oh, I'm an idiot. Okay, I was like, I thought maybe we added 10 to whatever we got or something. Okay, yeah, I'll take that, that. makes more sense. <laughs> no, I'm just stupid. So adding <laughs> adding 10 to whatever we have, I've got 26. But we're not doing that, are we? We're not. Okay. <clears throat> Some of us just did. <laughs> Thomas is so good at role-playing games. <laughs> Life is a negotiation, Zach. <laughs> Often. Okay, what else are we doing? What else you're doing is you're currently in this dark mausoleum, and you've just recently realized you are here again. Clark looks at his watch that has the date on it. <laughs> is it the same date? It is indeed. December 6th at 1 p.m. Zach, Zach, that's really wrong. Are you okay? (laughs) (laughs) I need you all to roll sanity. (laughs) So when I was filling out my sheet, remembering seeing the last sheet we were at at this point, I'm one away from my breaking point. (laughs) Oh, perfect. This will be a 1 slash 1d4 sanity check. So if you succeed, you'll lose one sanity. If you fail, you'll lose 1d4. I fail. God damn it, four. I got a four also. My current sanity is 16. Oof. 
I got a one. My breaking point said 28, but I'm now at 23. I don't know if I just didn't. I think maybe my... you just didn't update your breaking point last time. My new sanity is 15. I hit my breaking point. My new breaking point is three. Mine is eight. All right, Clark Bishop, we're going to roll for a phobia this time. So you're going to roll three D100, and then we'll choose which phobia you would like to take. And let's go ahead and uh, do you want to make this a secret and have them leave the room? If you want. Yeah, let's do that. Get on out of here, boys. We're just going to start guessing random fears and throwing them at you throughout the campaign. <laughs> it might become, depending on what it is, it could be real obvious real quick. <laughs> All right, Joe, roll a D100 for me. A 45? 45 is going to be herpetophobia, which is the fear of reptiles. That's fun. That would have worked out well last arc. <laughs> Are fish people reptiles? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, 50. 50 is iatrophobia, which is the fear of doctors. Mm. Uh, for story reasons, that'd be great. For uh, role-playing game reasons, that'd be awful. <laughs> and the third one. Let's see what you roll here. A 46. 46. I clumped up. I did 45, 50, 46. Oh, weird. Uh, homoclophobia, which is the fear of fog. Fear of fog? Fog. I mean, Joe would love to take that one. Would you let me take that one? Yeah. I don't know if it would ever come up. If I mean, we'll, we'll see. It would be fun when it came up, if it came up, <laughs> to be afraid of fog. Yeah, let's make it happen. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. You, yeah. Let's go with fear of fog. That's fun. All right. We'll get the other boys in here. Wait. Am I still, do I still think I'm God? Because that was, I think, what I got when I broke in the mausoleum the first time. What do you think? Well, I never played it very well, so I'll leave it up to you. Do you want another shot at it? Oh, another time uh, to be better at playing it? Sure. Uh, I mean, I'll give it a shot. I'm worried that I wasn't good at it because I never remembered it. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, let's try it. Okay. Yeah, let's try lean and keep into it. both of them. All right, cool. Thinking he's God is so antithetical to the way I like created Clark. It's really hard to play him <laughs> that, that way. Makes sense. Well, that's I part of the whole point of this game, right? It's true. Is to it's have very a true. character that just delves into madness and darkness. I'll try and dig a little deeper for you, babe. Oh, thank you. Just tap that well. <laughs> tap that dark, viscous well. <laughs> and pump it out. I dig it. <laughs> so you guys are all looking at each other in the darkness. You see the blood splattered on each other. You're having all these memories flash back and you remember everything that already happened and you remember being here. Keith rips his shirt off to see if the same words are still branded When you rip your shirt off, the first thing that you see is the word Marvin that was burned into the flesh of your chest has a strike through it. It is completely crossed out. Looking around at the other burn marks that you remember from last time, Tildy is still written inside your dominant palm. It's not crossed out. Each of you kind of check each other. Drew is burned into the flesh on your backs. It's not crossed out. I was planning on getting one of those anyway, so. <laughs> a Drew brand? Yeah. For the boys. <laughs> and Maggie is burned into each of your left feet, the bottom of your left foot, says Maggie. And Clark, as you saw last time, and the other two saw as well, the flesh on the bottom of your left foot has been eaten away. 
and the symbol of the circle of knowledge. Yeah. But her name is not crossed out. That is correct. Uh, what about our injuries sustained, like fighting the robot and things? Those injuries are not a part of your body. Okay. Do you do you fellas think it think it all happened? Did it happen? I want to go back. I want to go back at the juggernaut. We, 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 we saw Marvin die, and now, now his name's crossed out. I mean, we're back here. We're back. We're back now. I don't know. I don't know what. It, I don't know what it means. I mean, to really get to the bottom of it, we'd have to go figure out if he's dead right now or not. What if we? I think we should just go take care of this other shit. Cross brands off our body. We lost other people in there. Is there somebody? Is there some way we could? We don't have to figure out if Marvin's there or not. Just something we did between now and what we remember that we could check on. We're at the funeral right now, right? Yeah, there's Ari's body right there. You see that Ari's body is inside the coffin. Were the agents at that funeral? Did we notice them? I look around and see if they're here. Peeking your head out, you see the the sun is shining and uh, it is scarce. You see the bodies of three men that you fought. They're the men with the scars on their faces and necks wearing all black and their bodies are still strewn across the makeshift stage of Ari Manstein's funeral. What happened Rosemary? Yeah. Did we see her die? First, I need an intelligence check from whoever has the highest intelligence. I think it's me. 75. Oof. 79. Ooh. Do you want to spend four luck in order to succeed on this check? I'll spend two luck. Life isn't Life always is a, highway. a highway, Thomas. <laughs> um, no, I'm comfortable feeling that. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> Luck is a precious resource for me right now. <laughs> I only have 20. Joe and Luke, the last time you saw Rosemary was when you were standing on top of water, right? And she reached for the gun. John Lee Pettymore wasn't there, but Clark Bishop oh, and yeah. Keith Figno were. Then why did I roll the chest? That was it for a different piece of information. Gotcha. Do we have a way to contact Rosemary? A better piece of information? <laughs> I don't. I, yeah, I mean, I've got her number. Do I have Kevin's cell phone? Yeah. Like, yeah, but I, it might be weird. Me and uh, Keith saw Rosemary die in Glass's office, so if she answers the phone, we'll know that whatever we did didn't didn't happen i don't know i don't know i don't know how any of this works well let's or just hasn't happened let's yet. just assume that some, somehow yet. he is dead and we did kill him what do we do now i mean start it, crossing off more names yeah the name got crossed off that's do we need to kill maggie and drew that seems odd drew, are, are drew we never... supposed to not be crossing names off we ain't got no cause to harm tilty maybe we just happened to kill one but the other ones we just gotta make Go to somewhere or else. Save them or something. <laughs> we gotta send them on a vacation away from here. I'm tired of this damn game we're playing. <laughs> <laughs> it's like our lives are decided on the rolls of dice. Well, we we could go, we could go try to find Drew. Why don't? All right, I'm gonna call Rosemary, and we'll see if we've taken her out of all existences and worlds, or just the one. We can also, if she's still alive, we'll just call her back in an hour and see if she, <laughs> see if she's dead. Then, then we can get an idea of the the causality that's going on around us. I mean, we should, yeah, let's go ahead and do that. But I'm starting to wonder if it even matters if the name is crossed off on her chest and like we we just don't we just don't mess with Marvin this time. <laughs> <laughs> what if we just walk away from all like, <laughs> possible loose ends? <laughs> and in like 
three months, Zach's like, no, Marvin's just been building his crime empire. <laughs> you didn't call Rosemary, so he lived. Uh, I'm going to call Rosemary. Okay. Would Kevin's, you like to put it on, on speakerphone? Phone? Yeah. All righty. Yeah. There it is. And then we have Taylor. Bring, bring. Bring, bring. Yeah. Click. <laughs> All right. We'll try that again in an hour. And I text Rosemary. Sorry about that. <laughs> okay you get a call back but then it immediately goes away right she sees the text. yeah exactly yeah, cool. all right. <laughs> happens all too often okay well i like the idea maybe maybe here in an hour or so all that might be going down did we need anything else from marvin because if that somehow is all going down right now we could it's a huge distraction have we asked ourselves what we even got from marvin in the first place feels to me we're more lost now than ever. Well, that's kind of, yeah. So we went, we went over there to see, we went, <laughs> I haven't been Clark in a while. <laughs> we went there. We went there. Oh, there. Oh, we went down to the goddamn Marvin Glass and Scrap Pit and woo-wee. Uh, we went we went up there to figure out if uh, cousin fucking good time what what his plans were for contention and we were going to stop him and I mean if his name is crossed off on our chest maybe we stopped him maybe we stopped his evil plans he did kind of clue us in on that right what was that <clears throat> Zach what were his plans for contention <laughs> I think he told us right. I believe that Clark Bishop and Keith Vigno were in the room and got to ask a few questions of Marvin Glass. I don't know if we ever asked him about... I thought Kevin... Oh, Kevin asked, and then they were just like, you idiot, like, you know. (laughs) Do you remember much about that conversation? I don't remember what we asked about I remember the big one I asked him. That's the interesting thing about being alive and dying and then being alive again, is it's really (laughs) hard to remember some stuff. Listeners. That feels feels like a lifetime ago. (laughs) Well... Do, do we still have the gun at this point, or no? He, I mean, theoretically, Marvin would have it still because we—that was another thing that we were going to get, right? Because he had it. I don't think no, so. No, no, no. He wanted us to bring the gun to him. Yeah. Oh, well, well no, we, we did, did that. Yeah. And then we got in cages, and then we died the first time. <laughs> Man, if only there was some kind of, let's say, app like Discord, <laughs> where interested parties could clue us in on what we might be missing. <laughs> if you have. Any notions on what leads we should be pursuing? Just head on over to the Pretended to Be People Discord. <laughs> Help your boys out. Where is the gun, Zach? Marvin Glass. Marvin has Glass. It. Has yeah. It, yeah. As far as you know, Marvin Glass is in possession of the gun. That is what your vision, John Kevin Lee Pettymore, showed you right after the funeral of Ari Manstein. Yes. Earlier today. <laughs> <laughs> that is correct. Okay. Remind the listeners of what happened in that uh, vision. It was a television screen. That's all I remember. Did I it have your? Had it. it had your. Uh, it had my, my letters Wheel of Fulcher on it. Letters. Yeah, I remembered mine. <laughs> John, as, as your, your eyes roll, roll backward, backward, your vision, your goes, vision dark. goes dark. Images begin flashing through your mind, just snippets, moments, and you try to keep up. As the speed of the sequence waxes and wanes, you see a motel safe shiny black and closed you see the sign for beans pond the little pond behind chief maggie cook's house in contention you see a television it is blinking with different letters on it r s t l n e you see a small clearing in the woods and the ground is scorched in a dark room lit by various electronics and machines you see a massive, shiny metal sphere, 20 feet tall, 
with silvery arms extending from either side. A tube connects this gargantuan ball to a machine below. The machine begins whirring, and you see a small metal sphere, roughly one inch in diameter, begin moving up through the tubing into the larger, armed version of itself. As this happens, a vast circle opens up in the ceiling, and a disorienting amount of light and sound pours into the room, revealing text painted on the back wall that says the same thing you hear violently chanted by an unseen crowd. Planet Juggernaut. (laughs) The scene changes again and you see Marvin Glass standing at his desk in the grand room you recently stood in as Kevin alongside Rosemary. Marvin is holding the odd camera with glass tubes, closely inspecting it, tapping its lit red luminaire. On his desk are two file folders splayed open entitled The Real Files on Clark Bishop (laughs) and Keith Vigna, contention police officers. You can see in Keith's file are various clippings about the Beans family, the tragic, (laughs) the tragic accidental deaths of William and Lena, Keith's parents, the takeover of the family business by Ferguson. In Clark's file, there is a newspaper article about the murderer who killed Clark Bishop's parents, Anne Love. There is a mugshot of a woman smiling, a cold, vacant smile behind asymmetrical bangs covering one of her eyes. Written in Sharpie underneath the mugshot, it says in all caps, Karen. As he kind of remembers and comes out of it, just like, Planet Juggernaut, Planet Juggernaut, is still kind of ringing in his ears, and they just see like a single tear go down his eye and like (laughs) touch the the faint smile on his lips. (sighs) John, you all right? Yeah, yeah, man, I'm fine. I just miss an old friend. <laughs> well, I've, I've kind of got an idea. Marvin has the gun and the camera. If we think our actions might be permanent, like our old actions in this world, like they'll happen here and later Coming on in the day, soon. let's just hang around town until afterwards, slip on in after everybody's dead, take that gun and camera, and then head on back to contention. I'd get a burger or something in the meantime. You're quite full. John Lee Pettymore was always down for a burger. What if we somehow interfered with what we had already done if we do that? Th- that's why we wait. But we would be here now, wouldn't, wouldn't we? I look around. I mean, I, wouldn't we be here now if we if the motion was still going forward in time back then? I, I don't know how to... Well, this isn't where we came back into the world. I'm, this isn't when we came back into the world. Like, look out there. What happened to the funerals already happened. What's your point? I think the bottom line is that let's say let's say old Clark, me, in the future put these brands on us. They set us into a tizzy and we went over and did stuff against Marvin. And then we woke up back here where old me has put brands on us and Marvin is crossed out. So maybe he's trying to tell us not to worry about Marvin anymore and go after something else on our body list. Yeah, I mean, it, it seems that way. Well, one thing I was thinking, in your vision you had, Bean's Pond was in it, right? Yeah. I remember when I got that watch from my brother, when I put it on, I had a, a vision of, of digging through dirt and mud and, and finding like a, a door or something in the ground. And for some reason, I just think, I just feel like I I ought to go get that watch and we maybe we should go to Bean's Pond and 
I think there's something there for us. You still have that watch? Oh, it's in it? it's in my safe at, at my uh, at my hotel room. Hotel motel. Hotel motel. I mean, if we want to just choose a course and go, that's yeah. that's the well, first most readily available. I mean, and I feel more comfortable putting it back on with you guys around because it was making me go crazy. You were see you were seeing things, Keith, when you put it. I on? felt like I wasn't. I was in a different dimension or or universe or timeline or something I had to take it off because it was I felt like I could have got stuck there but with you guys watching me you'd be able to you know make sure nothing too bad happened and I think maybe if I put it on around Bean's Pond I might be able to remember exactly where I was digging or it might show me something else but it's the only thing I can think of and I don't I mean, I just came from fighting Planet Juggernaut and dealing with Marvin already. I don't really feel like doing that again. Let's say we do that. Can you think of what name on our body that might relate to? Well, if it's in contention, it could be Maggie or Drew. I mean, I feel like also uh, we'll find out what name it's connected to when we get to the pond. Yeah. Plus, it's in contention, so it could be Maggie yeah. or Drew. We see Tildy waiting for us beneath the door, like holding a gun, like, You've discovered my brilliant plan, detectives. <laughs> Yeah, you haven't heard her voice yet, but that's definitely it. <laughs> I'm Tildy B. Tildy B. Mitchell. I am a ghoul man. <laughs> so, I mean, the last we heard from Drew was that that creepy voicemail. What voicemail was that? Just said, don't go back to contention, right? Yeah. Here. When's the last time you listened to Drew? <laughs> I mean, we got his name printed on us, and, you know, he's our coworker. He's our... He's our friend. I feel like if he was in trouble, we might as well go back and try to find him and Wait. investigate this this watch. I didn't do this last time, but I could check in with Maggie. My my job here was to kill Stan Manstein, and I did that. And last time, she said I'd have some downtime between here and there if I wanted to help you guys well, get or whatever. A, but get a hold this, of her. This time, I guess I could call her and say shit's fucked up yeah call her tell her i mean you basically did your job you check back in with her see tell her what happened but don't tell her that her name's on your foot but i can tell her about the future past i don't know if you trust her i don't know i guess i could just not say just check in and tell her that stan's dead and see what she says can you summon old clark anyway (laughs) i just like thinking real hard about wheel of fortune or clark does that and he's like i want to return to this point in the future now Clark! <laughs> Roll unnatural. Oh. Set a reminder on your cell phone for 50 <laughs> years from now. Oh, no. That's a crit fail. You're going to lose six sanity. Fuck. <laughs> See you later, boys. <laughs> what are you down to now? At the start of this next venture, Clark becomes a raving lunatic. <laughs> I'm at uh, nine. Oh, shit, dude. Okay, so... What's your breaking point? Three. Oh, good. You're 60 away from the fun number. (laughs) (laughs) What did you roll? Oh, it's a crit fail, so we're going to call that the the over-the-power situation. God damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Are we going to... You're still in this dark space. Uh, The door to the mausoleum is open, and so there's light shining in, but this tomb is, you know, small, crowded. You three are in there. There's a coffin on the ground. What do you do? Oh, this fucking sucks. Uh, Because this happened last time, so it happens again. (laughs) Uh, I charge John screaming. Why'd you make me call old Clark? That's the stupidest thing I ever heard! Ah! 
Keith remembers this from last time. I kind of step in the way, put my foot out, trying to trip him while he's running at John. And I roll dodge. Okay, perfect. Go ahead and roll dexterity, Luke. <laughs> that is a fail. What is your dodge, Thomas? Well, it's a lot lower than 89, which is what I rolled. So. And Joe, <laughs> go ahead and roll unarmed combat for me. This part didn't happen because you shot me last time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad we've reached a new level in our relationship. Yeah. That shooting from the hip to the hip isn't as <laughs> readily available. Unarmed combat, so I fail. My own. Hell yeah. Okay, the three of you all trip onto the ground <laughs> in a pile on top of each other. Trying to- all three of you are in a pile on top of the coffin, like thunk, thunk, thunk. <laughs> I give Arya a kiss on the cheek goodbye. Ew. <laughs> that is horrible. Inappropriate workplace. Why'd you say that? Conduct. Clark's in the middle of it, probably, right? Yeah. I was charging you. You'd probably fall on me. I fell, no, I fell Keith's on the bottom because I was trying to trip you up. If I'm on the top, I get up and kind of, I don't, um, that happened last time. I don't I don't know what it is about being in this mausoleum. I just, it gets me every time. While he's disoriented, I draw my gun and fire. <laughs> <laughs> Into the air Whew. to calm things down. I, I walk outside the mausoleum to get a breath of fresh air. So does Clark after that. You finally fully make your way out of Ari Manstein's mausoleum, and the sun is beating down on this frigid December day. Aside from the three android men bodies, you notice the crawfish boil still going strong, and then there's that old lady in a wheelchair who's like <laughs> trying to get out of here as fast as she can. It's taking a while but only because she's super old. Do you want to, let's help her. Keith is doing some weird gymnastics in his head. He's like, if Rosemary's still alive, but she's dead, and we came back in time, but what we did still counted, does it matter if we help this old lady? (laughs) Yes. By your own questioning, emphatically yes. If what happened still happened. When you guys approach this old woman, she looks at you with wide eyes. What? What? Hey, lady, did you by chance (gasps) see us come through here earlier? (laughs) What is happening? Ma'am, you look like you've seen us before. You you came through. You you walked through and then you, you didn't walk. In, you walked through, you didn't walk back in. No, no, we walked back in. We walked back in. It's roll psychotherapy for me. What about persuade? You can roll persuade, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> 97. Oh, and you knew it. You know, you know that you've been. Who are you? What is that? I show her the name Marvin, like crossed out on like the burn, and I'm like, that's the last person who asked me too many questions. Demons! Demons, you're all demons! And she rolls as slowly as possible (laughs) away from you. Well, we definitely didn't help this old lady, but we got some questions. So, what did did she she mean? She said we. We, we, walked, we walked out, and then she saw us come out a second time without going back in. That so means that means that we are active, already we're, on our way. We're good. So maybe Holy we should just shit. fucking hang around until after we see Planet Juggernaut burst out of that pit with you boys on its back, and then we just go in and collect the loot. Do you think we can just get into the audience? Maybe. Well, I mean, we'd risk getting 
froze. We just won't. We just won't sit in that section. I know which section it was. The butterfly. Yeah, I mean, like, oh, I have disguise. I could. I could dress up as a little kid since it's family night. Did you just spoil this for us? You said the butterfly effect. That means we weren't there the first time. Ha ha. I haven't seen it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Keith is pretty steadfast on this me dressing up as a kid idea. <laughs> is there a particular reason? <laughs> it's family night, so we could we could blend in better. That is not what I meant. We escaped. We all got out of there fine. What if we let us take care of us do something else? I mean, let them do their job. But we need to Don't find get in the way. Yeah, we need to find the camera and the gun. The camera's probably in, in Marvin's office, you think? It was there when we were there, yeah. And then, did Rosemary use our gun at the in there, or was it just a... No, yeah, he, she, she used the uh, glass gun with glass tubing on it. Well, we can't, re- can't really steal that before... We wait till it's after all the commotion's done, and we just walk in there. We yeah. need to get away from this mausoleum in case some more of our cells come out of there. Let's just go. All we have to do, mechanically speaking, is wait for several hours. And then Clark's mind is blown thinking about another group of us coming out of that mausoleum <laughs> after us. <laughs> I can't count. I, none of this is making sense. Hey, man, maybe they'll have Tildy crossed off. Maybe they'll have Maggie crossed off. Then maybe we just got to sit here till they're off. all done. <laughs> 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 Shit. <laughs> you <laughs> got him. <laughs> All right. You, we won the campaign. Yeah, you win. You win. This has been really fun, guys. <laughs> Honestly, 53 episodes. Pretty solid. We wrapped game, up every game. loose end. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I know you're joking, Clark, but do you want to try it? <laughs> well, I mean, if we came back, we got to cross one of these off. I agree. I think one of these is meant for us. Uh, I think it'll be the first one we happen to... Well, what Do you, you want to wait around and try to get those things? Or I think we should try to get the items if we could. Let's work and on... And bring them back to contention. Do you want to literally wait? or Do you think we should work on something else? And then when we're like, oh yeah, we're probably finishing up at Marvin's about now, then go get those. Well, look, we never... You freaked out before you called Maggie. <laughs> call Maggie real quick. Oh yeah. <laughs> you guys want me to call Maggie? Yeah. Do you guys remember Maggie? Don't try to summon Clark again. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that was the other thing. Yeah, you I failed, failed, but you but still get the knowledge, Don't I right? still get something from that? I thought that's what you said. Yeah, you absolutely do. You'll tell me later? Or he's got to he make it up first? He doesn't remember the question. <laughs> there was no question. You just told me to roll it. Oh, oh you were trying to I was summon. trying to like, think real hard about coming back to the mausoleum as old Clark to maybe... <laughs> and then I started yelling, Clark! Thomas and Luke, if you want to leave the room. Okay. God, hey, man. No, he can't push us around. We're going to stay. <laughs> <laughs> So, Joe, but because you crit failed that check on unnatural, you're going to get hit with a big wave. <laughs> a crit fail on unnatural is a good thing as, <laughs> as much as a bad thing. I get it. Cool. Yeah. So basically how this works is when you freaked out, this knowledge wasn't in your head at all. You literally just broke. A part of your brain just snapped apart, right? But then uh, when they bring it up, you start to piece together what you had seen and what you saw was a dark room surrounded by wood and stone 
and beautiful ornate candlesticks, curtains. It's really lush and beautiful in this room. It's very clearly not this time period. By candlelight, you see huddled over a desk is a figure wearing a black cloak, scribbling furiously into a book. The book itself is extremely ornate seems to be made of some sort of leather that you don't recognize, almost uncured and bleeding. And as the camera pans around, you see lit by this candle is the face of a very old, very decrepit Clark Bishop. (laughs) You hear a knock at the door, and this giant wooden door opens up. Lord! My lord! And then you're immediately taken to a car, and it is flying down the highway, and behind the steering wheel is Maggie Cook. It's a silver accord, and she grabs her phone and starts dialing furiously at it. Can I see what she's dialing? She's dialing the number for Clark Bishop. My, my number. The number that I know is mine. The number that you know is yours. And she looked frantic? She looked extremely frantic. Okay. You had all those memories flash through, but they were more full last time, but your mind couldn't even comprehend them enough. These are the traces of information that you could pull out that you're remembering now. And as you're remembering it and you're staring at them in this moment, the phone in your pocket starts to buzz. Fucking dope. Oh my God. Okay. to whatever town he was from and uh-huh. got me a pin that I still have that says uh, I lost my heart to Alfred Packer in blah blah blah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, the, the university where they went was in that town and they're like sardonically in the 60s the students named the the meal hall like Alfred Packer. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, that's great. That's so good. Yeah. We need to have more cannibalism on this show. You know, There's, there was some yeah. early on. I got a feeling it's coming up in oh, this yeah, campaign. There, there was a, there was a an awful, awful one early on. <laughs> so as you guys Wait, what, are what, questioning Clark Bishop the, about... The, oh, the, yeah, the, yeah. As you guys are questioning Clark Bishop about this information, you see him reach for his pocket. Reach for the stuff. And I, just in one swift motion, it comes out of my pocket to my ear. Maggie? Yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, I'm on my way to the city cemetery right now. I need you to get to the parking lot. Get to the parking lot right now. Uh, oh, uh, 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 hey, I'm putting you on speaker. It's, 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 it's Maggie, fellas. Hey, Maggie. Mags? Long time no see. Is that Keith and is it John? It's uh, so, it's sort of, I'll explain, I'll explain when you get here. Last time I saw you, you were dead. Yeah, how are your feet? I have no time for these such conversations. We gotta get going. You know how I said I'd give you some downtime? That downtime is gone. It's game time. Uh, 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 I, I'm looking at the guys. Let's play ball. Yeah, yeah we're good. We're, we're gonna. All right, I'll be we're, at the parking lot in hang, two gyps We're gonna hang set. up now. What the fuck did you tell her? I didn't. I didn't Did t- you tell her about our feet? I didn't. T- I didn't tell her anything. Did you tell her our name was on us? That was the first time I spoke to her since we parted ways. All I right. told you. I told you about meeting her earlier. All that. Well, let's get to the parking lot. I guess. I mean, if you trust her. Do you trust her? I mean, old it, you said not to, right? It's Maggie. No, I don't think so. Who told us not to trust Maggie? I don't think anybody told us not to trust her. We've had maybe. No, there was the whole. um, You found a letter. The letter from Jim Cook. Yes. Yes. It's the first page of notes in my new thing. Nice. Yeah. Yes. 
Jim Cook, Maggie's own father, gave us a, a <laughs> hidden message. It was, that was the cipher we did, It right? was the cipher, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, I mean, I guess if she's on her way here, we just got to be on our toes. I told you guys where I stand. I, whether she's with us or against us, she wants to stop that thing I saw. That, yeah. And I want to stop that thing I saw, so. Well, we'll be on our toes since she's on our toes. <laughs> I think she has all her toes, yeah. too, which is weird. Take it on the arches, because. There's a name in my boot. <laughs> there we go. Uh, yeah, let's head towards the parking lot. Pushing past the old woman in the wheelchair. Good luck. You make your way through these above-ground tombs of the city cemetery and head back into the parking lot. And there, you see that the only car in the lot is Clark Bishop's silver Honda Accord on loan from the Circle of Knowledge. I trailed behind a little bit because I, uh, when they were out of earshot, I told the old lady that she might as well just stay here because how slow she's going, she's going to be back pretty soon. <laughs> and then I laugh, and then I run back to the parking lot. That old lady rolls sanity. Uh, she passed. She's good. <laughs> yeah, you think you can fucking disturb her with shit like that? She's like, son, I fucking know. Like, two deaths. I've been on my game for 95 years. You're not going to fucking push me off She lived through the easy. Southwestern War. Like, I mean, you <laughs> two, think you can... two deaths have, have made <laughs> Keith a little mean. <laughs> Which war was that? Oh, the Great War. <laughs> They're all pretty They're great. All great. <laughs> uh, where's Maggie coming from? Well, I guess we'll find out. Do we happen to hear the whine of a yeah. motor open door? Absolutely. I think that might be her, fellas. Clark, roll alertness for me. What's the Wheel of Fortune song? I Wheel, fail. Wheel of Fortune. Are you going to be the one who wins? Wheel of Fortune. A fortune. Can you be the one who crushes the wheel? That's it. Tight. All right. So <laughs> you guys are standing around, and a silver Honda Accord comes flying down. It matches the one that's sitting in front of you, and driving is Maggie Cook. John Lee Pettymore and Keith Vigna have not seen her in the flesh, but you've been told that she's alive, so I'm not going to have you roll sanity. But she pulls up right next to you guys rolls down her window and she's got big ass sunglasses on and she looks at Clark Clark we got a mission we gotta this is okay so I sent out everybody else and I, you, you three might be the only one who can handle this right now because if he sees me he will lose his marbles but you know Bruce Robin and then she looks at Keith Vigna specifically and Keith you would know that Bruce Robin is Ferguson's business partner okay and he is now the full owner of Bar Corp. Okay. Do you get it, Bruce Robin? Like Batman and Robin? <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like 100%. You would know Bar Corp is Beans and Robin Corporation. They just go by Bar Corp. He has gone just fully insane. He is a danger to everyone around him. He is a danger to the mission of the Circle of Knowledge. And he is a danger to the world as we know it. I hate to do this to you again right back to back, but I think he might need to be taken out physically with death. Do you think round trip that could take us less than three or four hours? <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, he. I would imagine he's at one of the businesses right now, which can't be more than an hour away. So, Well, hey, we, we were looking for something to do to kill the time before we get those things. Maggie, is this, this is going to help stop that 
thing I saw. It's the only thing that can help stop that thing you saw. Can I human that? Yes. <laughs> Critical fail. Shit, I wanted you to pass it so bad. <laughs> 88 on a 50. I believed her. That works for me. Hey, Maggie, this is John, even though it doesn't look like John. Uh, hey, Mags, how you doing? And she just stares... John? Same shit, different day, am I right? Wait, no, 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 John. Lee Petty Moore. The third. And fourth. No, I, no. What? No. Mac, we've all John, been you've been this. missing for so long. I. Which John? You, John, you've been missing for so long. Where have you been? The third or fourth? Jo- you, the third. John Lee Petty Moore, the third. All right, so John Lee Petty Moore, the third, got his mind... Uh, hijacked in a way, I think, by Marvin Glass, uh, and he was forced to kill. Is he just talking in the third person now? Because Ma- he Ma- had to do some fucked up Maggie, shit. What's going on, Maggie? Listen to us. Is he going to be all right on this mission, Maggie? This is this is the John that I worked with. Yeah, I'm John Lee Pettymore the fourth on the police force. In the body of John Lee Pettymore the third. Surprise. Her face just turns pale white and Roll she... sanity. Yeah. All right. Ooh. <laughs> I rolled a 40. She deals with weird shit. I think her bread and butter, as far as Clark has learned lately, is weird shit. So I don't know how she'd react to this. <laughs> just learning about this shit, though, has driven us insane. So where's she? Oh, that's Maybe true. she doesn't have anything to spare. She has very little to spare. And her eyes just begin tearing up. No, 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 no! And she grabs a pistol out of the seat next to her, and she just, like, holds it directly up into the ceiling. Her hand is so tense that the gun is just shaking. You're not who you say you are. I can't. Okay. All right, Maggie. All right, Maggie. Maggie, 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 put the gun down, I'd Maggie. like to use um, my cop skills criminology to, like, police her down. Like, ma'am, it's fine. Put the gun down. Calm down. Go ahead and roll law for me. Ooh, 16. No, no. Maggie, Maggie, it's all right. Remember your training. Put the gun down. Take your finger off the trigger. And her finger goes off to the side. Put your gun away. And she sets it down on the shotgun seat next to her. And she looks up at you and she's like, John? Yes, Max. I I need your help. Anything. This is... This isn't... It's not how I wanted it to go, but... If if you can't... And she just starts crying. Clark doesn't know how to deal with that, so he kind of stick, takes a step back. Clark, as you take a step back, you see out of the corner of your eye the burner phone that was left in your car mm-hmm. is sitting in your shotgun seat in your silver Honda Accord, and it's lit up. I'm going to go look at that. While he's doing that, I just kind of want to fill Maggie in on what's going on, like calm her down, but also just kind of like calmly explain to her how I got to be like this. Okay. Just like confront it straight up, be like, man, this is scary shit, but here's what went down. And then like ask her what help she needs. When you explain everything to her, she looks up through tears in her eyes. She's just like, John, that's some, that's some crazy shit. All right. Yeah. This guy, this Bruce Robin, he's going to end the world. I don't mean that lightly. I need you to fucking kill him. John Lee Pettymore, like, 
looks her dead in the eye and nods. I overhear it and I put my hand on my gun. I say, it wouldn't be the first Robin I kill. And then I twirl my gun out. It accidentally shoots a shot up in the air and I go, two birds. And a bald eagle falls dead out of the sky. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm shaking a little bit and I look at Maggie. I'm like, I meant to shoot it. And then I put it back in my holster. All right, Thomas and Luke, if you could leave the room again. This is a Joe-centric episode. As they all should be. So you go over and you grab the burner phone. Can you remind me and the audience what the first I, she this, she I said because <laughs> I thought it was a woman who dropped. Yeah, it, in the it car. looked like a woman who dropped it in the car. She or somebody else on, who had the phone. I don't know. So uh, there was a text that came in, and then I texted back, and yes. there was nothing beyond that, right? Nope, that's it. Okay. There was a text on the phone when you got it that said, "Do you want to know how your parents died?" And then you texted back, "Who is this?" Yeah. Nice. And currently, you have a text on this phone that says your parents owned an artifact of immense power too much power for them to be trusted with oh fuck i'm gonna text back what artifact (laughs) 